0: listening to Affect Autism, where Affect is the number one tool we use in supporting child development through playful interactions. Get 15% off any DIR 101 course and introduction to DIR and DIR floor time through icdl.com by using the promo code AffectA15. That's affecta 15 Hello, I'm Daria Brown. Joining us this week are guests Kylil Robinson, who is an autistic self-advocate and his mother, Shel Abraham Montgomery, also known as Michelle. Psychologist Dr. Robert Nassif, who's podcasted with us before, introduced us and I'm very excited to share the work they are doing with you. Kylil has been doing advocacy work in the City of Philadelphia since 2014. He is a Community Autism Peer Specialist with the Autism Service Education Resource and Training Collaborative and a part-time blogger using the hashtag ASDNEXT, which is part of the Department of Behavioral Health and Intellectual Disability Services, with a small D-I-S before ability. Shell has worked for the School District of Philadelphia for over 20 years. She also worked for Community Behavioral Health as a family support partner with High Fidelity Wraparound. And she is a family peer specialist in 2017 she co-founded spectrum success 9-11 with kylil and unlike other organizations they provide a holistic approach because autism and mental health co-occurrences affect the entire family shell also co-founded autistic ambassadors with eric williams of project elijah empowering autism in philadelphia A program that they developed in 45 days to allow autistic individuals or those with mental health differences aged 12 to 24 to participate in a six week enrichment pilot program, which allowed siblings to participate to support their loved ones and for participants to be work ready and to get paid doing the work that they do. I'm absolutely thrilled to share the work that they do, because so much of their values are in line with DIR floor time. Let's meet them. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. We're super
1: excited to be here.
0: So I'd love to start with you, Kylil. You are a self-advocate. You've been sort of active and out there in advocacy work since 2014. And would you care to start by sort of telling us a bit about your story, who you are and how you got into your advocacy work?
2: All right, so um, the way I started my advocacy work was that my school um, did this one program called um, get to know us. Um, I was at Community College of Philadelphia. Um, Get to know us was basically just like a branch of those who had different um, disabilities, whether that was um, being whether I was like, you know, like I'm like being deaf, um, whether that was um, like either being like blind sometimes like you know, like having a hard time to talk. um, Even like it um it, it was just like, you know, like various of like folks who had like, you know, like um like disabilities and just like talking amongst all of them just felt like a breath of fresh air. Um, because I remember just like being that um exclusively timid one. I didn't really like know how to um like present myself out there and after talking to um these guys, then my school I kinda like picked up interest in it and actually um wanted me to get involved in the district attorney's office and start talking about um, the opening of the um, Philadelphia Autism Project. But um, it was like quite an amazing experience. So I did that from two thousand and fourteen to two thousand and sixteen to the point where um, I slowly got my mom involved. and then we winded up on um, AB on um on um on NBC Ten. Which then shifted over to 2022 and, and CDS three. But um, but from me being on the news at that time, that's when I picked up that that the, the the two positions that you just named. Being myself being a full-time worker at the city of Philadelphia and also being a part-time blogger um for Acer. Um and since then it kind of like, you know, like made me just like, you know, give myself like a little bit of purpose. And also, like, kind of, like, you know, like, um, like, be proud of my advocacy work. But also, like, things that later on top of myself being proud of my advocacy work was that when I was younger, doctors, I guess, like, told my mother that, you know, that I wouldn't be able to walk, or talk, or, or, or any, or any of that. And um, instead of my mom, like, you know, like, outright telling me, I remember taking, um, like, you know, like these certain classes. I'm thinking, man, um, this don't feel like third grade. This is, um. Um, I didn't know what kind of class these were, and she was all like, oh, um, what you're in is, isn't is like, you know, like um, like regular third grade class. And I was like, oh, like, what is it? It's, I just see like this AS thing. And what does that stand for? She said, oh, yeah, so AS stands for autism support. And um, when you're in, in these kind of like classes, it's kind of like, you know, autism. Um, autism isn't anything bad. Rather, it's kind of like, you know, like, like, Clark Kent, you know, like when he's Clark Kent, you just guy with glasses, you just walk around, it is like everybody else. But like once he start to bust the S out of his chest, the whole new B And um, and I'm like, you know, like when I heard that, I was all like, man, you know, that's pretty cool. And with that, um, that's where my other sense of purpose was. Um, like I really enjoy, like you know, like um, collecting comic books, playing video games. And it, it kind of like, you know, like relieves us stimming and stress. So, with that, um, it with, with that, I really did like, you know, like I'm like fine. I'm like, I'm like passionate and joy with that in my spare time. Right next to me, being a self advocate, and sometimes even like use that as a way to, um, just point out there that, you know, it's okay to be yourself and also just taking your time being yourself.
0: So, it sounds to me like your mom is awesome. <laughs> and it sounds to me like she really never made you feel ashamed of who you are. You, she wanted to empower you to be everything that you can and want to be,
1: right. right. which is
0: awesome. And I think you're probably doing that through the work you do. You want to emulate that to others as mm-hmm. well. Right. Okay, we have to hear from mom now, <laughs> Shell. Tell us about your experience, because just like me as a parent of an autistic child, it's not something that you ever realize is going to happen in your life. Um, Everybody thinks they're going to have a child and, you know, life goes on, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden the, the world throws, you know, something at us, which is your child. This big doom, your child has a problem. And it's given to us as if it's this awful life sentence. And the journey that we go on as parents to realize that that is all, you know, terrible myths that are out there. And tell us your story, how
1: it started for you. Yeah, pretty much it in a nutshell, right? Um, just to uh, piggyback off of what Khalil said in regards to purpose, that's uh, so true. Um, and I'm very thankful and grateful, you know, um, when, you know, he came into my life and I didn't at first know about the diagnosis. You know, I didn't know early that he had some developmental delays and um, the word autism didn't really enter into our life until he was about 10 because we had um, multiple diagnoses, misdiagnosis and different things and um I just always had a sense of hopelessness and helplessness and um uh, kind of you know was walking around feeling like like a chicken with my hair cut off didn't know what I was going to do next and how to help my child they just told me that something was wrong but at the time um nobody did know you know like we knew that he you know wasn't talking and we found out that he had uh uh, fluid in his ears and he had got tubes and after the my um, told me and he had that procedure but then he still wasn't talking and I'm like okay so that's not it and then you know we had got the language impairment and um, you know and then the wonderful reactive detachment disorder came and I'm like what in the world is that and they said that during Um, His infancy, I detached from him, which caused him to react in that way in which I said the devil is a liar and I refuse to accept this diagnosis. I know that whatever is going on with my son is not my fault. Um, So it's crazy. and, And they will try to find different things to reason or to give you a diagnosis, or to say this is why your child is behaving this way, instead of just saying, we don't know at this time, you know, just be honest, really. And so we went through, you know, these different diagnoses and different terminologies of why he couldn't walk or couldn't talk. And they told me he would never do these things, never be productive in society. I should, you know, probably I'm going to end up institutionalizing him because he won't be you know productive in society and I just rejected that I refused to believe that and I just remember that day my lowest day and he was crying I didn't know why he was crying or how to pacify him I'm crying and I just was like God if you help me figure this out I promise that I will do everything in my power that another parent does not feel as low as I feel right now or as hopeless as I feel right now. And I will, you know, make sure that, you know, no one else feels this way. And that was the day of my purpose, as Khalil said. And he brought purpose to my life because I'm like a lot of people walk around all of their life and never figure out what is their purpose here on earth. What is it that they're supposed to do or want to do? And I knew that I had made this promise to God that I was going to make sure that other parents never felt the way that I felt or as hopeless and helpless as I did. And sure enough, you know, the path got brighter and brighter and I, and I, you know, had to make a lot of sacrifices. And that's one thing that I do like to um, educate and empower families that when You know, you have a child, you have to make sacrifices. I was in college and I had to make a decision. Am I gonna stay in college to get my degree and my letters or am I gonna make a sacrifice to find out more about my child and what's going on? So at that time I dropped out and I had to go on public assistance and I enrolled in a class to learn state and federal laws for uh, individuals with special needs. At the time, and I had to go all the way to North Philly to a Hispanic organization called uni and I love them to this day, because even though you know. Um, they didn't turn me away I didn't speak Spanish and the material was written in Spanish, although most of the participants. Um, spoke Spanish. They're very limited in English, but um, we were all there for the same reason. You know, we had children that had some type of disability and we wanted to find out how to be able to advocate and help our children. And um, it was amazing. And so I was in the first graduating class at HUNY at that time. And I also got a certificate. I was a certified advocate. And then I started to Learn how to teach and empower other families and other parents on how to advocate for their children. I joined the homeschool association, became a regional rep for the homeschool association in the Southwest District, and um, just and it was amazing because I just remember when I had Khalil, I was 22. I was young, but I looked younger, so people talked at me and not to me. And I wanted to have a voice. I wanted to be able to be heard and respected. And through learning state and federal laws and learning how to advocate for myself, I was able to do it. And I was like, wow, like I can walk in the room and say something and people start listening. Like, oh my goodness, it was so powerful. And I loved it. And that's what inspired me to join the Homeschool Association and become a regional rep. And I wanted, you know, get in all of these different places where I actually had a voice and not just spoke for myself, but to represent others that couldn't and teach them how to develop their choice and their voices. And um, then I joined uh, a group called the Family Members Committee at uh, Community Behavior Health. And through this group was also an empowerment group for families. And through that, I had heard about the position opening up for High Fidelity Wraparound, and I applied and i got it it was like oh my goodness it was amazing and i was like oh you know because i was feeling so bad because i had to drop out of school and i was like you know i'm going to be stuck always starting at the bottom always having to do entry level you know having to work at mcdonald's or something and that's not what i wanted for myself but then you know i believe god opened these doors For me, because I made this promise, and he like rolled the red carpet out for me to be able to walk down and just be a light for other families and do the work that I had promised that I was going to do. So he enabled that for me, and I'm just so thankful and grateful. And through High Fidelity Wraparound as a family support partner, I had started off by you know being the family support partner, advocating for not just the youth but also for the entire family and it doors open and we started flying from state to state working with families they had children in residential facilities and through my education and learning about mental health and different things and I started saying wait a minute a lot of things was hitting home and it was like I was looking in the mirror like a lot of times I had dismissed a lot of things that I was going through with anxiety and you know with also from the depression And being people of color, you know, a lot of times we are taught and, you know, it's tradition that you keep what happens at home stays at home, like Vegas, right? Or, you know, you don't go telling other people your business. And we always had these secrets. And now I'm learning that this is like, you know, a cancer, that transparency is a healing. You know, tell your story, help others, you know, to let them know that they're not alone, that they're is empowerment through, you know, each other. And I learned about uh African uh ver- word called umbutu. I am what I am because of who we all are. I believe that's what it is, right? Meaning that, you know, it takes a village. And I remember growing up, you know, when we would be you go outside and you're waiting on the bus and somebody come up to you and somebody is up in the in the window. Like, who is that? Who's who's talking to you? And you, you know, the everybody protected that village was always there, right? But now the village has changed, and it's like we haven't, we don't have the same values, or we haven't inculcated the same thing into it. And so when I'm doing like parent coaching and you know talking to the family's empowerment, and I'm saying, you know, like we have to bring the village back. You know, the village is now gone. You know we have to now just instill inculcate all of those values that we had into our children before you know we're going we don't want that to disappear with the older ones with us now you know and so just to be able to do that and even when khalil told you know his version of how i had told him about all his his him having autism and i did say you know it's like call kent and As Superman, he has abilities to do things that other people can't do and to know things that other people don't know. So as Superman, he has abilities. So autism is like Superman to you. It gives you the ability to know things that other people don't know and to do things that other people can't do. So it's not your disability, it's your ability. It gives you ability. And so I said, you know, so with autism, you're never alone. And Carlos was like, yeah, it's like my wingman. And I was like, absolutely. And so even now, you know, when it comes down to disability, I always write it with a lowercase d and a capital A, because I say, you know, stop dissing our abilities, right? Because our ability does not define who we are.
0: I love that. I love that. <laughs> and wow. It, I think, um, I can see why you've had success in your life. And I think that an important thing that jumped out for me is that even though you had doubt and maybe even self-doubt, you took that step. You jumped, you walked onto that red carpet that was laid out for you. And because you did that, all these doors opened up for you. And that's such a scary step for so many people to take and i think having the support of someone like you is so helpful to so many families
1: so i love i love hearing your story so i just wanted to say you know because i had said about the sacrifice that i made and how i had to drop out of school and i always felt you know bad because i didn't get my letters but then i realized that even though at the table I told my parents, you know, I don't care if the other people at the table have a hundred letters behind their name, M-O-M and D-A-D is the most important letters at the table. And when I learned that, you know, I was able to sit at that table with my head high and to realize that, you know, they might be the expert in some areas, but I am the expert of my child and I am a leader and a team member at this table.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And I I think, especially when you bring up all of the situations where people try and make you feel small, right? Our society seems to hopefully be moving towards acceptance of listening to everybody's voices. Um, It's in the public now that, you know, these voices are out there, you gotta listen to them. Right, and that's why we advocate nothing about us without us. Yes,
2: absolutely.
0: So, how did Spectrum Success Nine One One come about?
2: Yeah, so in twenty seventeen, we um, I guess like you know like started off like with um like with inner well first we won um this thing called a seed grant, and with that we was gonna use the seed grant to like you know like, interact with other fam- with other families via therapeutic games. And at first we had started off in like a large scale, so there was a building that we did do is and um, copy um, community behavior health. Uh, we did this every, um, Thursday evening from, from four to seven, I believe. Um, and we would just like, you know, i like use those small time, we would just like use those small time activities, whether it was like, you know, like, um, like construction and just like talking about like sound reducing, we use doh in a way where it would just like be like, um, in a way to interact with your fingers and whatnot. And just like saying how stim, how stimming will work for those in the autism spectrum. Sometimes it, we would just like, you know, like use something like mirrors. Or a game of uno and a spark a conversation and um this actually went off like really well um even though we had more parents than children on the spectrum it was extremely interactive and um i think like we we spanned that for about like two years until like you know 2020 happened COVID happened and we was kind of like you know like stumped for a while um somewhere i think like later 2021 Uh, we picked it back up. And um, instead of actually like doing it inside of a building, we decided to first like, you know, um, do like a small check-in on Zoom. Um, And then after we do the small check-in, if they were okay with it, then we would just do it over the um, family's houses. And um, so far doing the interacting cases over at family houses actually did feel great. Um, They definitely like, you know, I felt more at home and they were even like extremely like, connected. And of course, like, uh, and of course, like, you know, we still had to like, you know, follow it within the safety procedures. Cause it's like, you know, like there's Zoom. Uh, you, you, Cause like, you know, like, uh, you, you know, COVID still rampant, you know, we had to like, you know, like still like wear on the face masks. And then also like at the same exact time next to on like wearing on the face masks, what about those who are on the spectrum? And like, you know, we'll prefer like a certain leverage of space. Um, like a certain leverage of space and sometimes like for speaking of stimming somewhat even like you know I prefer to be like a certain feet away from other people.
1: So what we were trying to help families to understand because a lot of times they would have a TSS worker for their children or child or they um what's TSS? a A therapeutic support okay staff person and uh what was happening is is that um as a Family peer learning, I would teach the families that you don't have to be a therapist to do something therapeutically and that what should be happening is if you have a therapeutic support staff person in your home, they should be transferring that skill over to you so that when they leave, you don't feel as hopeless or that you feel, you know, like impaired before they came that you'll be empowered to say okay thank you because support staff should not become new family members right actually working themselves out of a job come in empower the family strengthen them transfer their skills over to the adults and then take their leave you know work well done excellent job but that's not the way unfortunately that they do they come in and while they're working with the child, mom uses that time to get things done around a house that they, I guess, should couldn't do because they're, you know, uh, engrossed with taking care of their loved one. But, you know, just helping them to understand, you know, how the power of empowerment, um, learning those skills that you can do it yourself, even without the letters, right? you still can be, you know, that how everyday activities can be used in a therapeutic way. So like how was saying with the UNO cards, the UNO cards accompanied with thoughts and feeling cards can now start engagement while you're playing cards. And it's an excellent way because a lot of times we sit down and you, the parent comes up to you and say, how was your day? They feel interrogated. You know, like, I'm in, being interrogated. What in the world is going on? Like, they don't want to answer. But if you do it through... A game now they're paying more attention to the game and the, you just change the rules a little bit instead of just throwing out the card that matches the color or the number you have to answer the question too with the thoughts and feelings card so how was your day you know then they elaborate and put out your card and everybody is doing it and you've learned so much about the individual and don't be you know feeling like you're left out because your child is nonverbal. because we can also use the whiteboard or the chalkboard. So there's so many different ways that we can encompass um, um, engagement and language in everyday activities in a therapeutic way, and that's what we would come in and model for them through um, engagement and different things. As Spectrum Success Nine One One, and also I wanted to explain now Spectrum Success Nine One One came about because um, in the beginning I started off uh as an advocate working for another organization and as khalil got older you know it's like well wait a minute you know khalil was getting older and now we want to start to develop what's going on with him and khalil wanted to develop a support group and help families also so when we thought about the name he's on a spectrum and that he is successful and that all families can be successful and the 911 is because when a diagnosis comes into the home, it does not just affect the individual but the entire family. And so it is an emergency. If you fall and you break your and your child breaks their arm, you take them to the emergency room. And when a word is gonna come into your family's life that is gonna change the way you live and your life forever, that's an emergency. Absolutely, yes. So spectrum success 911. Definitely fit, it was perfect, and so we developed Spectrum Success 911. And what's unique about Spectrum Success 911 is that we don't just cater to the individual with the diagnosis, we cater to the entire family, do a holistic approach. So, I'm doing a peer to peer with the mom or the dad with the parents. Khalil is doing a peer to peer with the individual, and at the time, my daughter was also doing a peer, if they were siblings and explaining to them you know it blew my mind when i heard her tell a sibling i never could have friends because if they were to say something about my brother i knew i would have to fight them well i knew our relationship would never be the same again and it just like my heart just melted like i did not know that that was going on and so you know just being able to sit down with the family and talk to them and our first and greatest activity that we do, it's called the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room is an activity where we come into the home and we tell the family that if they have not already discussed the the word autism, that now we're gonna sit down and we're gonna discuss how you felt once that word came into your life, without shame, blame, or judgment. And what we do is we take the whiteboards and everybody writes it down on the whiteboard. And then we switch the whiteboard so everybody has a different board. Because a lot of time, sometimes when there's some type of strife for a rivalry in the family, we can't hear what they say because we already had these ill feelings against them. But if the words you're saying is somebody else's, we can't judge them because they're not yours, right? So everybody reads what's on the board. And then on the second round, we come back and we say, so why do you think the voter wrote that? And how do you feel about what they wrote, and now we're expressing empathy and allowing the writer to see and feel the love that the other family members have about what they said. And hopefully that opens the door to allow them to freely speak about what's going on. Because a lot of times, especially with partners, when the diagnosis comes, one partner is on board and maybe the other one is not. But now there's causing some strife between the partners, because it's like, what do you mean? Like you're not accepting this because we have to do this. This is our child, right? We have to. There's no ifs and buts about it, but that's not true because we have to meet people where they are. And so what I also explain is the stages of acceptance starts with rejection. First you reject it, then you accept it, and then you embrace it. Sometimes people never get to the embracement. But the thing is is that you have to accept the fact that if they don't accept the diagnosis, okay? I respect that you are honest about how you feel. And how can I help you, you know, maybe accept it? What do you need? More information, more time? But it's a loving way to respect everyone's opinion about things and help them to bring them up to where you are and also respect where they are and meet them where they are and still love them unconditionally.
0: I love it. Um, so many things you said resonated with me, like the therapist coming to the home and me excited to get my dishes done instead of participating and learning how to take on those skills to be able to help my child. And like that autism word being this big you know, thing that changes everything like an emergency. And, and it doesn't have to be because, like you said, it's it's about learning about our different abilities instead of disabilities. Yeah. And and you know, there might be disabilities involved, but we can support and accommodate those in order to empower the person. And other things that might not be disabilities are just differences. And this person thinks differently, and and then I, I did want to ask you about because I asked permission before we started about it. I know that um, I wanted to get Kyle's take first, and then and then we'll get Shell's take on the puzzle piece. And you talked about the emergency, the fire truck emergency symbol. The puzzle piece is something that a lot of self advocates have expressed disdain for because Autism Speaks organization was created to you know, say that autism is something that has to be cured. And I know they've changed and and shifted over the years, but there's still a lot of hate for that organization and that symbol of the puzzle piece. And Kylil, I I loved um, hearing your thoughts about it and why you guys chose to include the puzzle piece in your logo. And I think it's important to address because it's it's almost an elephant in the room sometimes too, right? That whole puzzle piece and you know, it's different, um, there's so many self-advocates that have different opinions too. And, and they've also been influenced by different people and who they interact with. And, and Kylil, you now have had, you know, eight years interacting with other um, autistic adults and doing advocacy yourself. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
2: Yeah, so I mean, like, you know, like I'm not generally against the whole entire perspective of the puzzle piece and neither am I generally against the color blue because as we already know, like when it comes down to days, like April the 2nd, that's also not just National Autism, you know, like the National Autism Awareness Day, but also at the same exact time, that's when they um like, you know, like painted blue, paint the town blue. So, so they're like, some, they're like, we're on the color blue, and it's all like, it's kind of funny because I'm like, my mom and I a favorite color is blue. So I mean, like, you know, I'm not going to just like, just like completely disdain a color, just because of that reason. But it's also at the same exact time, I also get like uh, like where autism, speaks is, where autism Speaks is coming from and therefore that's the thing that I'm completely against. So like, for example, the um, image of the puzzle piece itself, like, you know, like if you look at our puzzle piece, it's just a general puzzle piece. Just like, you know, like generally just before before, like this whole entire thing was like blown out there. Um, we just generally, generally like just like went in with the design of the puzzle piece just to point out there that you know it's still there. Even then like I changed my saying from um like you know like taking like you know like, taking your time to we live in a puzzling world with infinite possibilities because there's so much anybody on the spectrum would you know, there's so much for anyone on the spectrum to do, you just gotta give it time for it to work. Um but the puzzle piece that um, Autism Speaks uses is more of like, you know, a child opening up their arms. It's not just children that's out there. You know, like what's out there, you know, like um like for those who are like like older or transitioning from that point of our lives, you know? Yeah, other than that, I'm like, you know, like uh, we have our own use of the puzzle piece. And also at the same exact time, I also have like a different you, you know like um like take with the puzzle piece too um which is also like you know cleverly a transitioning thing you know it's puzzling out there for adults but there's also a lot of things that we can do if we like you know like take the time to come together
1: and paint a big a bigger picture
0: thanks I love that
1: yeah I have no uh ill feelings or negative thoughts about the puzzle piece. I actually um, like it. You know, I mean, we we, we use the saying that when you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism. And the puzzle piece uh, is to identify um, that individuality. And what also it shows is that when the pieces come together, it creates a beautiful picture. And that's what I really, it stands out, you know, for me with the puzzle piece that it's unique alone, but it's beautiful together. And that's what autism is, you know, for me. And I think about also from the mental health side of it, um, you know, my daughter was diagnosed with, um, at the time, oppositional defiance disorder and impulsivity and some other negative words that I don't like diagnosis anyway because they're all negative but the thing is is um that what was hard for me was that with her behaviors associated with the diagnosis I couldn't separate the behavior from the child and I took it personally right and I thought that she was acting this way because she was mad at me or didn't like me or it was something personal all these things she was doing to me not understanding that it was a behavior associated with the disconnect with the diagnosis, something that she couldn't control. And also when it comes down to even with a puzzle piece or an infinity sign or whatever the case might be, it's not personal. It's that person's way of showing that what autism means to them is an expression. And, you know, it's not personal. So, um, to say well i don't like the puzzle piece or to get angry everyone has their own voice their own choice and should be able to express their own you know individuality without shame blame or judgment so if the puzzle piece resonates with you that's awesome if it doesn't and you like the infinity sign kudos to you too but whatever it is let's not shame let's not blame and let's not judge we should use this strength-based language encouragement empowerment speaking life into each other. That's what we need, you know, to focus on a a shape or a, a sign or whatever. There's so many greater things out there that we could be doing to empower each other, opposed to getting to an argument about that is my thoughts.
0: I love it. And, you know, part of the reason why I wanted to have you guys on the podcast, even though my website is, you know, mostly about developmental individual differences relationship based model or DIR floor time is that we have all the same values strength based um, holistic approach uh, respect empowerment meeting meeting the individual where they're at whether it's the child or the parent or the adult and respecting individual differences and the focus on the relationship and parents being the ones that know their child best. All of these values are the same. I hope you enjoyed the interview with Kyle and Shell. Stay tuned next time for part two, where we'll hear more about some of the other work they're doing, including the awesome movement, a safe space to share thoughts and experiences without shame, blame, or judgment. Until next time, here's to choosing play and experiencing joy every day. We Chose Play is a new series documenting my family's floor time journey. You can see the preview on YouTube, and you can register to watch the extended trailer for free at affectautism.com play, or just go to wechoseplay.com. With each episode, you'll glean insights, tips, and reflections, what I learned and what I know now that I would tell myself back then along the way. I hope it will support caregivers in their floor time experience. We chose play. We have joy every day.